Friday, May 26, 2017, here on the Patriots Beat Podcast. We have a very full show for you guys this week. Rob Gronkowski restructured his contract. We've got all the details right here. The NFL made several on-field rule changes. Raymond Claiborne was named to the Patriots Hall of Fame and a bunch more stuff. We'll get to all that and more here on the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media. This is Larry H. Russell speaking on behalf of the network, thanking you once again for downloading the Patriots Beat Podcast here on CLNS Radio, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage for New England professional sports. Download the free CLNS Radio mobile app for your iPhone or Android for immediate and convenient access to all the content available on the CLNS Radio YouTube channel, podcasting network, and clnsradio.com. Now, on to another edition of Patriots Beat. Take it away, Harris. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Patriots Beat Podcast. My name is Michael Longy, filling in for Harris while he's on vacation. Great show for you guys today. We've got a ton of stuff to talk about. Rob Gronkowski restructured his deal earlier in the week. We've got all the details right here. The NFL owners' meetings were earlier in the week as well. There were some rule changes, on-field rule changes, that will actually affect play on the field. We'll talk about those as well. Uh, Raymond Claiborne, named to the Patriots Hall of Fame. Uh, got in on the fan vote, fourth consecutive year on the ballot. He finally got in, so we'll talk about that. And guys, the Patriots hit the field earlier this week. They're hit in OTAs, voluntary OTAs, but most of the people are there. Everyone's there. Everyone's working, so we've got a few details uh, out of OTAs. Media had their first access uh, yesterday on Thursday, so we'll talk about all that stuff and more here. But let's dive right in, guys. Rob Gronkowski. So he signed a, He didn't sign a new deal. He restructured his contract. Um, the Patriots kind of they did it a little differently. Uh, you know, as always, the Patriots are looking for you know kind of the best deal for the team, uh, and they did it in a really interesting way with Rob Gronkowski. Uh, clever, a little unorthodox. I, I I really like it. This could be this could be if there if the if a perfect deal exists, this could be it. Potentially. So, just follow with me here. So, let's get into the details right away. Rob Gronkowski, this year, before signing this this uh, restructure, was scheduled to make $5.25 million. So, that's that's pretty much on the low end. That's probably in the... It's, it's in the top 10 for tight ends, but I believe it's in the bottom 10. I think it's maybe 6 or 7 or 8. I mean, um, I'm sorry, 8, 9, or 10 in terms of uh, highest cash value per per year on a contract. But with this deal, Rob Gronkowski has a chance to make as much as $10.75 million based on incentives, um, which would be the most alt uh, of, of any tight end in the league. So obviously this all depends on how you look at the contracts. If you're talking about total value of a contract, Rob Gronkowski's contract is already the biggest in if we're talking total money. If if he was able to collect every single bit of money from this contract, $54 million, uh, he far ex- exceeds the contracts of guys like uh, Kansas City Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey, who's making 46.8. He's the he's, uh, in second place. Uh, Washington Redskins tight end Jordan Reed, 46.7. Philadelphia Eagles Zach Ertz, 42.5. And uh, Seattle Seahawks tight end Jimmy Graham is making a clean, even $40 million. So, if we're talking total value of a deal, Rob Gronkowski is already blowing every tight end in the league away. 
But generally, especially in football, uh, that's not how you look at deals because they, you know, things. So many things can happen. Players can get cut so easily. Contracts aren't guaranteed. So you never really look at the guarant the 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 full value of the contract. You look at uh, per year basis and a, a, a cash value. Um, so for the 2017 cash value, Rob Gronkowski this year is about nine million dollars. Was fourth on the list behind Jimmy Graham, who's at ten million. Travis Kelsey at 9.4, and Jordan Reed at 9.35. So Gronk's in fourth place there. Now with this deal, Rob Gronkowski is scheduled to make as much as $10.75 million based on incentives. They're divided up into three tiers, and this is why I like it. This is why I like the deal. Because not only is, you know, let's say, for example, Rob Gronkowski were to get hurt in the first couple games of the year and miss the entire season... He would only make 5.25 million because that's what he's—that's his base salary. That's what he's scheduled to make. That is still what he's scheduled to make. Now, if we look at the tiers, we'll go by—it's th- three tiers. So for the third tier to hit that first threshold, Rob Gronkowski will make 6.75 million dollars if he plays 70% of the snaps or has 60 receptions or has 800 receiving yards, or has 10 touchdowns on the year. So at that point, Rob Gronkowski's contract goes up $1.5 million to 6.75. If he hits the second tier, he'll get $8.75 million, so another $2 million added on top if he plays 80% of the snaps, 70 catches, 1,000 receiving yards, or 12 touchdowns. Now, let me stop right there and say that's where I think this is probably going to end up. Um, you know, I, I think this, if, if we're talking best case scenario, honestly, you've got Gronk playing 80% of the snaps, 70 catches, 1,000 receiving yards, whatever. For the first tier, for Gronk to get that $10.75 million, this is the thing. Rob Gronkowski has done all of these things at least once in his career. In order to get the $10.75 million, Gronk will have to play 90% of the playing, 90% of the snaps, which he hasn't done since his second year in the league. So that's that's very unlikely. But 80 catches in his sleep. Uh, 1,200 receiving yards or an all-pro selection. He's been an all-pro four times. Um, he's had 1,200 receiving yards twice and 80 catches three times. So he's done all of those things. Um, like I said, he hasn't played 90% of the snaps since his second year in the league. I think it's pretty doubtful that he'll play 90% of the snaps even if he's fully healthy this year because I just don't see I I, I just don't see that happening. So you have Dwayne Allen in there. I just don't see him playing 90% of the snaps. So for me personally, I think Rob Gronkowski because you, you have to at this point in his career, this will now be his eighth season, you have to consider that Rob Gronkowski is going to get hurt at some point in the year. He's going to get hurt. Now, he might miss a game, he might miss five games, he might miss ten games, who knows. But, he'll miss games. I'm pretty much resigned to that fact already. It's May 26th, and I'm resigned to the fact that Rob Gronkowski will likely miss games in the 2017 NFL season. Because of just the way he plays, and, you know, he's had four back surgeries, and, you know, everyone knows the deal. He's a, he's a quote-unquote injury-prone, right? You know, he's just a huge guy who gets slammed into constantly. He's going to get hurt. So I'm thinking the second tier. 
8.75 million. That's 70 catches, 1,000 yards, 12 touchdowns. That's probably about what his, I bet you he gets 75 catches and about 1,000 yards this year. Um, 12 to 15 touchdowns. That's that's pretty much, would, would you consider that? That's probably like an average. If Gronk is playing, you know, obviously 80, 75, 80% of the snaps, like it's like he would need to. You would think that that's probably a pretty average Gronkowski year, right? I mean, 70 catches, 1,000 yards, 12 touchdowns. I mean, he's he's dropped a lot of... He's dropped 15 touchdowns in a season before. I believe he got 17 touchdowns in a season once. So, I think he has the, the opportunity to, to be in that first tier, make that $10.75 million, which is why I think he likes the restructure because he's going to say, I'm going to stay healthy, I'm going to get out there, I'm going to be an all-pro, and I'm going to get $10.75 million this year. And, hey, that's all the best for him. Like, uh, I hope you do too because, you know... As Patriots fans, we all want you to be an all-pro and be the best tight end in football and, you know, have 80 catches, 1,200 yards, whatever. But this is 100% an availability-based deal, and I love it. Love it. Can't be any better. I have no problem giving Rob Gronkowski $10.75 million if he's an all-pro this year. If he's an all-pro and he's playing, you know, 85% of the snaps and he's making 90 catches this year and he's got 1,200 receiving yards, whatever... I have no problem giving him $10.75 million. I just don't think he's going to get to that because, number one, like I said, I think he's going to get hurt at some point this year because he, you know, you, you pretty much have to bank that. He's going to miss a couple games. Number two, we'll talk about this a little later because the Patriots just signed another wide receiver who, you know, has made an impact in the NFL before. And they now have six guys who can catch the football that aren't named Rob Gronkowski. So just like think about that. Six guys who are not named Rob Gronkowski are available to catch the football. And that's not even counting running backs. So there's really like nine guys. But let's say six receivers not named Gronkowski that can catch the football. He's not going to get that. I mean, as good as Gronkowski is, and obviously he's going to, if he gets wide open, I mean, you throw him the football, but just the sheer amount of people out there that are available to catch the ball and that are consistent enough to be able to, you know, gain Tom Brady's trust. I mean, Tom Brady already has the trust of a lot of these guys. But then we're also talking about the addition of Brandon Cooks this year. We're talking about the addition of Dwayne Allen this year. You know, we're talking about the uh, second year of Malcolm Mitchell. You know, Julian Edelman, obviously. Danny Amendola. So, Chris Hogan. I mean, guys, there's just so many receivers that how is Gronkowski going to get them and and for that matter I mean he might not even get 70 catches because because of the amount of you know there's only so many receptions to go around right um but like I said I do think he'll hit 70 catches at least I think he'll have 70 catches he'll probably have 12 touchdowns even if he doesn't hit 70 catches and I think he has a real shot at a thousand receiving yards anytime because you know he is just that good and he, we've seen him make 40 50 yard catches in, in in games before plenty of times so and he's at a thousand receiving yards I believe in his seven year career I believe he's at a thousand yards f- four or five times so that's a pretty safe bet when you're talking Rob Gronkowski healthy enough to play at least you know 70 percent of the games you know 14 games uh, 12 14 games he's probably gonna get a thousand yards so anyway I love the deal I, I just think it's 
I just think it's such a good move by the Patriots, not only because they are still able, they, they keep Rob Gronkowski happy, they also don't touch the last two years of the deal. That's a part I didn't mention, and it's a part that hasn't really been mentioned a lot since we've been talking about it, but the last two years of the deal are not touched. Those are the, still the back-loaded, it's still a back-loaded deal, and they can still get out from under that fairly easily. Not not crazy easily, but they can still get out of that fairly easily, and there's still room to restructure within those last two years. This is a restructure for the first two years of the four years remaining on the deal. So Gronkowski loves it because he got a chance to be the highest-paid tight end in football if, if he becomes an all-pro, which he is an all-pro. I mean, he is a perennial all-pro caliber player. So he thinks, I'm going to make this money. The Patriots think, hey, it's only $10.75 million and he's worth it if he's hitting these marks. And if he's injured, we only have to pay him half, you know, 5.25, whatever, if he misses the whole year or whatever. This is a win-win for both sides. This is really a win-win. And like that's why I said, I think this if there is a perfect deal in the NFL, this might be it. Really loving the Rob Gronkowski contract. And, uh, you know, it's it's... It takes a little bit of a cap hit off of them too because, you know, it's 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 incentive based, so it's not, you know, cap affected. There's all sorts of weird kind of loopholes and stuff like that. Just Belichick being a wizard once again with the salary cap and making things happen. It's just really, really great move all around. I couldn't say enough about it. I think it's a hundred percent. I think it's an A plus on the Rob Gronkowski restructure. Now, moving on. Another Patriots player got some new money. Uh, David Andrews, starting center for the Patriots, got a contract extension, signed a four-year extension worth just over $9.6 million. And uh, he has an opportunity, if he plays you know, based on incentives, to earn as much as $11.7 million. So really good deal for undrafted free agent David Andrews who originally signed a $15,000 signing bonus after not getting drafted, not getting guaranteed a roster spot, and then winning it and becoming the starting center on a Super Bowl winning team. Um, Not bad. Not bad for David Andrews. Um, So the deal is four-year extension, like I said, $9.6 million. Uh, He gets that $1.6 million signing bonus. So his base salary for this year was already going to be $615,000. It is still going to be sixteen six hundred fifteen thousand, and now he just gets that one point six million dollar signing bonus, that quick money, that right away money, um, which is just it's great for him, it's great for you know the Patriots. It's it's interesting if you look a little closer at the deal though, because obviously it is on its face a very good deal. We're liking the fact that. He's still only going to make $615,000 this year. Really, he's going to make $915,000 because he gets $300,000 in roster bonuses per game. So it's on a per-game basis. As long as he plays the whole season and is on the 46-man you know, game day roster for the entire season, he'll get $915,000. So pretty good for him. If you add on the $1.6 million signing bonus, David Andrews is having a solid 2017 right? Then you move on to 2018 and his base salary kicks up to 900,000 with 400,000 in roster bonuses, right? 
And then there's also, uh, based on playing time, there's another 700000 that he can make. Okay? <clears throat> not not entirely likely to make the, the that full 700000 But even let's say he makes 200000 of that, that's you know roughly $1.5 that he makes in 2018. Again, solid year for David Andrews, and the Patriots, you know, are only paying $1.5 million for a center. Now, if you look at 2019 and 2020, this is when it gets a little interesting. 2019, his base salary is $2 million. 2020, it's $3 million. And then there's still that $400,000 in roster bonuses, $700,000 in incentives. So we're talking he could be making three, four, five million dollars in that period. That's just not going to happen. I don't think the Patriots will stick that long. So it's it's going to be interesting to see whether they either restructure that in 2019 or they they move on from David Andrews. But I think it's pretty much guaranteed that David Andrews is now locked in through at least 2018. Through at least 2018, David Andrews locked in, and uh, I like it. I think it's a good move. I think, you know, David Andrews, obviously, there was issues with Brian Stork. He had the concussion problems. You know, it was really tough on him. David Andrews comes in, wins the job, plays really well, and now has taken over. So, you know, you never know what's going to happen, but it's a good spot to be in to have your center locked in. You've already locked in, obviously, Marcus Cannon for for, for a five-year deal. Nate Solder coming up in the end of his deal. But you've drafted some guys, and you've got a couple, you know, some things going on. So the offensive line is kind of in flux right now. There's a lot of young guys, too. Shaq Mason, um, all these guys. So um, I'm blanking on, on the other guy's name right now, honestly. But good move to get David Andrews signed for at least he's locked in for the next two years, and then we'll see what happens in 2019. But solid move, solid move by them. Uh, let's take a quick break. Uh, we've already we're already been going for a while, so let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the uh, all the rule changes that, that that passed at the NFL owners meetings over the past few uh, earlier this week. Excuse me, and uh, we'll also talk about Andrew Hawkins joining this already loaded wide receiver core, and then we'll close up the show with uh, some Raymond Claiborne talk, Patriots Hall of Fame. So we'll be right back. Not all ingredients are created equal. Fresh, high-quality ingredients make a real difference, so it's important to know where your food comes from. I know that me personally, when I was living in a college dorm, I used Blue Apron in order to get my fresh ingredients so that me and my roommate Jack could cook up some nice meals, maybe some fresh steaks, maybe some good chili, some quality stuff. And it's also a very fun holiday gift, so maybe for a nice Valentine's Day gift or a nice birthday gift coming up, I would give it to, I wouldn't give it to a girlfriend, obviously Blue Apron would be a little rough, but give it to a family member, maybe they can get some high quality ingredients in their life for less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home cooked meals, Blue Apron knows that when you cook with incredible ingredients, you make incredible meals, so they set the highest quality standards for their community of artisanal suppliers, family run farms, fisheries, and ranchers, whether it's Japanese ramen noodles, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, or heirloom tomatoes, Blue Apron is bringing you the best. So check out this week's menu. Get your first three meals free with free shipping. Go to blueapron.com slash patriots. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't 
weight. That's blueapron.com slash Patriots. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. All right, we are back here on the Patriots Beat Podcast. I'm Michael Angie filling in for Harris while he's on vacation. You will see him again in another week. He'll be back next Friday. Um, for now, we're talking NFL rule changes. The NFL owners' meetings were over uh, Monday and Tuesday. Several rule changes were passed. One waiver was awarded, and there was a rule change that was tabled for further discussions to be voted on later. So let's run through the ones that were passed. There's a few that were on the field that will directly affect the play on the field. So let's get to those right now. First of all, the one that everyone loves, restrictions on player celebrations will be loosened. Finally. Okay. So there will still be restrictions in place, celebrations that are sexually suggestive, uh, mimic weapons, or are quote unquote prolonged will still be flagged. Um, so Antonio Brown will still get flagged for twerking, um, stuff like that. Uh, Josh Norman can't do the bow and arrow thing or whatever he does. Um, you can't, you know, machine gun the whole offensive line, you know, any of those things. You can't do any of that stuff, but players will be able to use the ball as a prop. Uh, you'll be able to go to the ground, do stuff like snow angels and all stuff like that. And you'll even be able to celebrate as a group. So you'll be able to do maybe some other group celebration that's not the machine guns or uh, my personal favorite, the uh, grenade. The ball is a grenade, and you throw it into the pile of offensive linemen, blows up, everyone falls down. Love that one. Can't do that. Mimics a weapon, but you can still celebrate as a group. So that's great. Love the restriction, the, the ease of the restrictions on player celebrations. I mean, come on. It's 2017. These guys... It's, it's really hard to score a touchdown in the NFL. I'm not sure if any of you know that, but it's really hard to score an NFL, a touchdown in the NFL. So if they want to celebrate after they do it, if they want to celebrate after they make a big play, let them. It's football. Come on. It's not, you know, it's just, it's let them celebrate. I like it. Okay. Next up. I don't like. I don't like the next one. Shortened overtime from 15 minutes down to 10 minutes. Now, it's billed as a player safety issue, which obviously, I mean, you can't really argue with the fact that they want to protect players, right? But for me, this is not necessarily going to have much impact on player safety. Like, I'm not sure where that comes into play. Because first of all, you're still playing a 10-minute overtime period, which is 10 minutes longer, you know, a 10-minute longer game than normal. And, I mean, let's be honest, if these guys are playing three, four, five more plays longer than they should be, then that's already an issue. I mean, it only takes one play to destroy themselves. And, you know, so the extra play is the extra play. Here's a stat for you. Over the past five seasons, only 26.5% of all overtime games were actually longer than 10 minutes. So people who are saying, well, there's going to be more ties, well, no, not necessarily. Not only have only 26.5% of all overtime games gone longer than 10 minutes. But but coaches coach to the clock. They will coach situationally so that they will have the least likely chance of having a tie. I mean, they will try to score a touchdown with you know a minute left, whatever. But it's also not going to likely increase player safety. I mean, the guys are still going to get hurt out there. So I'm not really sure um, what what the idea behind this was um it's 
you know, pretty much just a superficial, oh, it's player safety, but I'm not really sure the numbers bear out that they're actually going to be protecting more players, if that makes any sense. Um, next one. Now, uh, back to a good rule. Like it. Okay. Teams can now bring back two players from injured reserve during the season. So as all as, as some of you may know, um, some of you may not, there are there's a certain designation that you can give a player when he gets hurt early in the season. You can give him a, an, a, put him on IR with a designation to return, which means that he has to miss the first eight weeks of the season, and then he's allowed to come back. So the, the Patriots did this with Deion Lewis last year. He got injured. He re-injured his knee in training camp. He had a setback. They put him on IR designated to return. Um, they took him off IR in week seven. He practiced for two or three weeks and then came back in week nine or ten. I'm not. I can't entirely remember, but nine or they brought him back in week nine or ten, and he played for the rest of the season through the playoffs. So previously, before this rule was passed, or this rule specifically, you could only do that with one player. So you had to choose who that would be. So let's say you had two players who were injured but were probably be able to come back for the second half of the season you would have to choose between them which you know was a, is obviously a real issue for teams because how are you going to choose let's say the two impact players how are you going to pick which one is you know more impactful whatever so now you can bring back two so play so teams that have two guys that could be coming back they can now bring them both back without issue now let's say guys, now there'll be a team that has three guys that they could bring back, but they can't. Uh, I personally think that it would be better if all, if there just wasn't, if, if IR wasn't really a thing, right? I mean, you put a guy on IR, okay, but that that if he's if he's really out for the season, you put him on IR. But it, this 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 IR with the designation to return. And then you have to do, you know, roster manipulation and things like that. You have to sign a guy for the nine weeks, and then you cut him, and you bring back your guy. There's all these different things. I think they should just be able to be injured for ten weeks, and then come back. Right? Not necessarily be put on IR, but then there's the the whole issue of the roster spot and everything like that. So there's a lot of issues there. Bottom line is this is a good move. It's a step in the right direction again. Uh, teams can now bring back two players from injured reserve during the season. Uh, the next one, I'm not really entirely sure about. I don't know why this was a thing, but um, teams will now have just one roster cut down day during, this, during the, the, the preseason. So as most of you know who follow football throughout the preseason, things like that, teams start with 90 players on the roster. They're, they're currently at OTA. They're, there are 90 players in the Patriots roster right now. Um, Training camp will happen in July. Training camp will, will go through, and then there's a, sp a period after, I believe, the second preseason game where they cut down to 75 players. And then uh, right after the last preseason game, a couple days after the final preseason game, you cut down to your final 53. Well, now, it's, now you're cutting directly from 90 to 53 one cut-down day. You're just cutting directly, and it's like, Three days after the final preseason game, you cut your roster from 90 to 53 guys. I don't really get this one. I guess it's, you know, to give players more of a chance to make an impression and stick with the team. Then again, those guys that are going to get cut en masse, 
you know, and that that day after the preseason ends or whatever, all of those guys are going to be looking for jobs. Like this is kind of a weird, it's kind of a weird rule change to me. I'm not really sure why they did that. I kind of like the idea of cutting from 90 to 75. So you get rid of 15 guys, then you got to get rid of uh, what 22 more. So you you know you get rid of you have you can do it in stages. You can get rid of 15 guys. The, the 15 guys that you know aren't going to cut it. Boom, they're gone. Then you got 22 guys that you got to work with. You got to figure out how they're going to do. And they get the final two preseason games, and then boom, you cut down to 53. I kind of like that approach. Now you're just kind of hacking off half the team. 90 guys, you're cutting down almost half to 53. So I don't know. I'm not really sure about it. I don't really like it that much, but, you know, who am I to say? Uh, the next one, not really going to affect playing on the field or anything like that, but uh, apparently there are, there are now looser standards for GM interviews. Um, teams will no longer be required to include uh, that the, the, the general manager candidate will have final say over the 53-man roster in the job description for general manager interviewees. Um, really not, it's not going to do much. It's not going to really change the interview process because, you know, this this if you're going to hire a GM, generally he's going to have control over the 53-man roster anyway, so it's not really whatever. It's kind of weird. That one's not a big deal. And then, so those are the rule. Those are the rule changes, quote unquote, rule changes. Now there was also a waiver awarded to uh, the LA Rams. They are now they were they're originally supposed to get the 2020 Super Bowl. Um, that has now been moved to Tampa. The Super Bowl will come to LA in 2021. Uh, this is because construction on the new LA Stadium has already been delayed. So uh, Super Bowl 55 will now be in Tampa in 2020. And the new LA Stadium will get Super Bowl 56 the following year. So, and then finally, there was a uh, a vote that was tabled for further discussion, which um, has to do with head, uh, interviewing head coaching candidates. Uh, it's a proposed rule change that would allow teams to negotiate head coaching positions with coaches of teams who are still in the playoffs. So, obviously, as you know, right now, uh, teams have to wait until a team is eliminated from the playoffs before they can. Uh, negotiate and agree to terms with the head coaching candidate. This rule change, this proposed rule change, would allow uh, teams to decide head coaching candidates before that team is eliminated from the playoffs. So they'll they'll discuss that at a further date. So those are the rule changes at the NFL. Uh, the new rules in 2017. We're going to have more celebrations, uh, more players coming back from IR, um, less time to win it in overtime. You know, all sorts of fun stuff uh, in, in 2017 for the NFL. So uh, moving on real quick, I'm just kind of wrapping up here. Uh, the Patriots signed another wide receiver to the fold uh, the other day. They brought in wide receiver Andrew Hawkins, who is a slot receiver extraordinaire. Uh, came into the league with the Bengals in 2011. Um, played there for a few years. Went to Cleveland, played there for a few years. Um you know, not guaranteed for a roster spot, obviously. I mean, I, I mentioned earlier in the show the amount of uh, wide receivers and the caliber of wide receivers on this team. We're talking about Brandon Cooks, Julian Edelman, uh, Chris Hogan, Malcolm Mitchell, Danny Amendola, right? So all of those guys are ahead of Andrew Hawkins already. Already all of those guys are ahead of Andrew Hawkins. So, I mean, there's probably no way this guy makes the roster. But it is worth noting that, you know, in 2014, he had 63 catches on 113 targets. 
He was a slot guy. Um, he was a kick returner. Maybe he can find his way to be a kick return man. Um, something like that. But he will likely not find a place as a wide receiver on this team. But he was signed. He is on the team. Um, probably looking at more of a special teams role for him, which could be good because we, I mean, they don't, it'd be better if you don't have to risk throwing out Edelman out there to return punts and stuff like that and have to worry about uh, Cyrus Jones dropping the ball every time he gets a kickoff return or anything like that. It'd be much nicer if you could just, you know, kick the ball to Andrew Hawkins and have him take it. And, you know, if he gets hurt, then he gets hurt. But if he's, he's a guy who is specifically there to, to return the punts, right? That'd be good. Um, so it's good that they signed him. He, the, the wide receiver core is just like stupidly stacked on this Patriots team. And that's, like I said, not even counting running backs to catch the football. Um, tight ends, obviously the Patriots have the best tight end in football, Rob Gronkowski. They also have another really good receiving tight end in Dwayne Allen now. So a lot of good things going on for the Patriots receiving core as a whole. Tom Brady is loving the guys he's throwing to right now. I can guarantee you that. Um, anyway, moving on, talking about throwing the ball to guys, the Patriots were on the field, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and today, so media had access yesterday, Thursday, for the first time, we saw guys out there, Rob Gronkowski was out on the field, has been medically cleared to practice, he was out there, he caught a touchdown pass, he was chest bumping guys, Brandon Cooks has already caught a touchdown pass, him and Brady are connecting, I'm saying all this stuff, with full knowledge that nobody was wearing pads today. So it really makes absolutely no difference. And this was basically just an an extended conditioning drill, right? I mean, this was warm-ups. This is just laying the foundation for what's going to come in mini camp in June and then training camp in July. So this is literally just as voluntary. Not even all the guys were there because, like I said, it's voluntary. Um, but, you know, most of the main guys were there. Tom Brady was there. All, all the quarterbacks were there. All three quarterbacks were there. Um, all the new guys, obviously, are there trying to learn a new playbook. You guess Stephon Gilmore was there. Brandon Cooks, as I mentioned, was there. Um, all these different guys. All the running backs were there. Um, Malcolm Butler was there. There was a lot of speculation that maybe he wouldn't go. He was upset. He was there. Uh, he made a couple statements saying, you know, the, the only person that would hurt by me not being there is me. Um, you know, I'm just here to uh, get better. This is what I'm out here to do. Have another great year. Anything to help the team and all that. All the all the basic stuff. Um, also, interestingly enough, um, even though he is set to earn 3.91 million this year, um, he was asked, "Hey, you would you like to be a Patriot long term?" He was asked by a reporter and. Uh, Basically, he, I mean, this is his quote. We'll say, quote, uh, can't predict the future. Whatever happens, happens, end quote. That's uh, Malcolm Butler. So, hey, um, he's he's basically looking at this year and this year only. And, you know, that's not necessarily a terrible uh, mindset to have for him. So, But like I said, guys are out on the field today. Um, Tom Brady's throwing touchdown passes to new guys. We got all sorts of people out there. Um, some rookies are out there. Everyone's kind of just getting the feel for things. So um, nice to see. It was nice to to log on to Twitter uh, yesterday morning, check check it out, look at who's practicing, see Rob Gronkowski walking out there with his helmet on. 
Tom Brady walking out there with his helmet on, ready to throw touchdown passes, man. It was great. It was great to see. So uh, that was really nice. Um, we'll, we'll look forward to uh, there's another uh, group of OTAs next week that are not open to the media, and then uh, we'll have uh, mini camps in uh, mid-June that will be open to the media. We'll be able to look at that. And then training camp will come in late July. That date has yet to be announced. We will bring that to you whenever we find it out. Uh, so really now we're going to close it out uh, final segment of the show um, before I get to that I just would like to say guys that uh, today's episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter it's a new year which means a fresh start to your business and a great year starts with making great hires but posting your job in one place is not enough to find quality candidates so if you want to find the perfect hire you need to post your job to all the top job sites and now you can with ZipRecruiter um, with ZipRecruiter, you can jumpstart your hiring in 2017. You can post your job to 200-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with just a single click. Uh, you can find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once. You can watch the qualified candidates roll right in to ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails, no juggling calls to the office. You can quickly screen your candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. So find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 1 million businesses nationwide. Right now, our listeners can post jobs to ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com sportsfan. That's ZipRecruiter.com sportsfan. One word, sportsfan. One more time, to try for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com sportsfan. Uh, so really, guys, just to close it up, I would like to mention that Raymond Claiborne has been named to the Patriots Hall of Fame. He got in on the fan vote, which was really interesting because the the guys he was going up against, we mentioned, we talked about it on Tuesday's episode. Um, the, it was it was a three man race between Raymond Claiborne, Richard Seymour, and Mike Vrabel. Now, there was a lot of thought uh, for me at least. I said it on Tuesday. I thought that either Seymour or Vrabel might be able to get it. But I wasn't sure which one because those guys will take votes from each other. I mean, as we talked about in the, in the earlier episode, we I mean they they played the exact same number of years. That they they were both here for seven years, both won three Super Bowls. They were both heavy contributors to those three Super Bowl wins. You know, so it, it was it was really tough to decide between those two. But then there was Raymond Claiborne. Now, Claiborne had been on the list. He had been on the uh, finalist list for four consecutive years going into this year. Well, three consecutive years going into this year. This was the fourth straight year he was on the list. He lost to Ty Law in 2014. He lost to Willie McGinnis in 2015. And he lost to Kevin Falk in 2016. So, he is, he is beyond due. I mean, if you know anything about Raymond Claiborne, obviously... As a 25-year-old man, I cannot say that I watched Raymond Claiborne play. He uh, retired the year I was born, 1991. But um, he, he he played for 13 seasons in New England from 1977 to 1989 after being drafted 16th overall by the Patriots. Uh, he was a member of the all-rookie team in 1977, a three-time Pro Bowler, for certain one of the greatest cornerbacks in uh, franchise history. Um Mike Haynes and Ty Law are probably the only two corners who were better than 
than uh, Raymond Claiborne. And Haynes actually played with Claiborne for a few years in. They, they actually kind of uh, crossed over there uh, in, the, uh, in the late 70s. But um, Claiborne still holds the Patriots' record for the most consecutive games played with 161 straight games. And he is tied with Ty Law for the most interceptions in franchise history with 36. So, I mean, the guy is obviously he's number one on the list in, in all-time interceptions for the team. Um, he was most consecutive games played in franchise history. He was here for 13 years. Ten of those years were winning seasons. He played in the 1985 Super Bowl um, with the Patriots. So, I mean, this is a guy, like I said, three-time Pro Bowler. This is a guy who paid his dues. This is a guy who this is this is pretty much the definition of a Patriots Hall of Famer uh, before the Patriots started winning Super Bowls, right? Now that the Patriots are winning Super Bowls, you kind of got to be a contributor to those Super Bowl teams to even be considered for these Patriots Hall of Fames. But Raymond Claiborne is kind of maybe maybe he's the last one. Maybe he's that last guy from the pre-Super Bowl era, the pre-Patriots dynasty era that will get into the Patriots Hall of Fame, you know, strictly on the merits of his play and not with the additional caveat, oh, and he also won two Super Bowls or three Super Bowls with the Patriots, whatever, right? Maybe he's the last guy to, strictly because he was, you know, one of the three best corners in Patriots history with no Super Bowl wins, that is why he got into the Patriots Hall of Fame. So that's pretty cool. I like that. Raymond Claiborne, shout out to him, Patriots Hall of Famer. He will be inducted, I believe, probably at some point during this upcoming season. There'll be a whole thing. It'll be great. Um, anyway, guys, that's all we've got for uh, for this week. Uh, a lot of, a, a very eventful week here in, in late May for the Patriots, which is, uh, no, you can't always say that about every team, but it was great to see the guys on the field. Um, it's great to see that Rob Gronkowski has a new deal. It's great to see that, um, you know, Raymond Claiborne got on the Patriots Hall of Fame. There's been some rule changes. Now we've got, you know, we're really starting to get into gear. It's at this point. This is the turning point. We're more than halfway through the offseason now. We're a couple weeks away from minicamp. We're about a month and a half away from training camp. And we're the, the train is chugging along. We're feeling good. We're getting ready. Um, so really excited uh, about all that. Um, we'll be back next Tuesday. We'll be here. I'll be here. Uh, still filling in for Harris. Harris will be back next Friday, like I mentioned. So uh, until then, guys, thanks again for downloading today's Patriots Beat. Today's sponsors were ZipRecruiter and Blue Apron. We want to once again thank everybody who downloaded, everyone who listens, everyone who gives us ratings and reviews on iTunes. Thank you guys so much. You keep us going. Um, be sure to follow us on all of our social media accounts. We are at Patriots Beat on Twitter. You can also follow the uh, CLNS Media account at CLNS Media. Follow us at Facebook.com slash CLNS Fans or Facebook.com slash Patriots Beat. Um, thanks again to CLNS Media executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of our network, Nick Gelso, for letting us put on this great podcast. Thanks to everyone who tuned in. My name is Michael Angie. This is the Patriots Beat podcast powered by CLNS Media. We will talk to you on Tuesday. What's going on, Pass Nation? This is Marvin Zahn of CLNS Radio, and I'm here to tell you right now to check out the CLNS Radio New England Patriots postgame show, hosted by myself and my co-host, Mr. Mike Nice, and live on CLNSRadio.com immediately after every single Pats game. Call in at 929 929- 
477-2386 toll free to get your voice heard and contribute to the host breakdown and analysis of the latest Patriots contest. We also got the stars and sorries of the day, Twitter polls for the play of the game, and everything else that is going on with the four-time Super Bowl champions. Subscribe to the CLNS Radio New England Patriots postgame show on iTunes and Stitcher and the best way. Download the free CLNS Radio mobile app for on-demand listening anytime, any place, anywhere.